0: Welcome to the Tell Me Something Real podcast.
1: Real people, real stories, real talk. Greetings, realists. Welcome back to the Tell Me Something Real podcast. How are you doing this week, Kelly? I am doing pretty well. How are you? It's been a tough week, but I'm here and I'm glad to be here. Good. So what have you got on the menu for us today?
0: Okay, so one of the things that's big in my life right now is the idea of baby-led weaning. And since you have a baby who is just a couple of years old, um, I feel like you're sort of new to this, you know, baby dumb and might have some thoughts because this is like a really hot topic. Like all the people are baby led weaning and I just, I kind of, I want to hash it out with you. Well, that's crazy
1: because I did just have a baby two and a half years ago and I've never heard of this baby led weaning thing. So When I first heard you say it, I Mm. thought it meant the baby makes a decision when they're ready to quit nursing, Mm. but I guess that's not what that means. So please pray do tell what is this baby led weaning and why would we want to talk about it? Okay.
0: So I don't like google it to put it into words because part (laughs) of my whole issue with this baby led weaning thing all right so here's the here's this is going to be a little scattered because my thoughts on baby led weaning are scattered okay and it's very like it's all very confusing to me so before i had a baby and i started reading about baby things and people started telling me about baby things um one of the big things was baby led weaning are you gonna baby led weaning are you gonna do the baby led weaning i don't know what's baby led weaning (laughs) so i mean it sounds good right like babies should lead the weaning i guess like why Um, wouldn't they right we can make an argument on both sides about whether
1: babies should be leading their <laughs> developmental milestones, but you know, well, so
0: please continue. Okay. So I totally had planned on baby led weaning, which to me, I thought just meant like, you know, you give babies foods. Like the idea is for the baby to eventually just be eating what you're eating, as opposed to mm-hmm. you making separate little baby meals, you know, like everybody's all about the making the baby purees and making all the baby stuff. Okay. Well, I knew I don't have time for that. Like, I don't have time to be making, making like these elaborate baby purees or whatever. Um, So I really liked the idea of the baby eating what we eat. You know, I've never understood making whole separate meals for your kids. Like, I understand that sometimes that happens if you have picky eaters or whatever. Anyway, that won't be happening in my house. But like, but, you know, I thought, okay, well, that's a really cool idea. Like you just give them, like the more simplistic parts of your meal. But then there's like all these rules about baby led weaning that I didn't understand and um so like the like idea the of soundtrack. baby led weaning is that the baby is allowed to choose from like all these foods, you know, like you're giving them, you know, like a spear of broccoli or like there's an idea of how big the foods are supposed to be based on how the age of the child and you're supposed to start around six months. You Mm -hmm. shouldn't really start before that. Um, And just because they're eating food, food doesn't they're not supposed to stop breastfeeding or formula until a year old still. So Mm -hmm. you're not, actually weaning them off food. You were just like introducing them to real foods, right? Yeah. Um, so the idea is kind of like instead of sitting there and feeding now when I had a sibling and you know when I was around babies when I was younger, you had a jar of baby food and you had a little spoon and you just like
1: yeah. baby gave baby them, food.
0: Yeah, you just gave them a little jar of baby food and that was the end and nobody thought anything about that till
1: i think i got into my early 20s it was before i had my first kid and somebody was like do you know what's in baby food like have you ever thought about what they have to do to food to make it last for 10 years in a jar on a shelf and i was like oh maybe that's not a good thing at all
0: yeah um but you know that's the kind of food that all of us eat all the time so you know whatever um (laughs) I mean, we could argue about that all day, but that's just real life. So from the beginning, the baby is allowed to choose what they want. So like you have like a plate, Uh, Heather, here's where we already start. I don't know what the hell it is. So you're giving them finger sized foods at six months, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and the food should be you should be able to mash it with your fingers. So if you can mash it with your fingers, they can gnaw it with their gums, right? Okay. So um, you'd like steam it or, you know, you're not just going to give them raw veggies because sure, obviously they can't do anything with they that. They have no teeth. But so it gives them like, it's supposed to help their developmental skills. It's also supposed to help them not be so picky because they're allowed to like choose from all of these textures and colors and be a part of your meal. So it's also supposed to keep you sort of like just having one meal together. You know, look, I'm going to already say baby led weaning people are going to start listening to me talking about this. And they're going to be like, what are you talking about? You have no (laughs) idea what you're talking about. That's my point. I have no idea. I don't get it at all. Um, but so like you just sit and let the baby, you know, eat the food. And then it's also supposed to help them learn how to like eat and Mm -hmm. not, um, it's supposed to be safer because they're the ones who say, stop, you know, like, they have a gag reflex and like once their gag reflex kicks in they take the food out of their mouth as opposed to you just like putting a spoon in their mouth over and over again now that makes sense to me um but yeah outside of that I I don't know
1: when they are um you're lucky to get anything in a baby's mouth first of all and I'm never in my life shoveling food into like I don't know like I think that there's lots more subtle ways for you (laughs) to recognize that your child is full and is not wanting the food anymore. Okay. I don't know. So here's
0: another, here's another situation. Like I've heard two things since I have started doing this whole weaning thing. Mm -hmm. I have heard one that you can give them purees, but they have to feed themselves the food as opposed to you feeding them. And then that constitutes as baby led weaning. But I have also heard you cannot give purees and baby led wean because the purees make them think that they can just swallow food as opposed to like actually having to feel it out and chew the food. Now, I don't think babies are that stupid. Like, I don't think babies are just like, I swallow everything. (laughs) <laughs> just about the same um, i raised
1: two kids i've weaned both of them successfully and none of these things have ever been problems literally right. at all
0: so the maybe other... like
1: maybe if you're working with a child who has some struggles i could see there being a niche of the population where this really would be important so gotcha. i could see this totally being like a great technique to use with kids that are maybe on the autism spectrum who are struggling with swallowing but I just don't see that unless you just love the idea of doing this and you are a stay-at-home mom and like I think it sounds like a cool idea but as far as I like get needing to be done because otherwise your kid's not gonna learn how to chew or swallow food and is and that that's what's making kids be picky eaters. I don't know if I'm totally buying in on that part of it.
0: Okay. So I'm going to read to you from bbcgoodfood.com because apparently this is like a UK thing or that's what I've recently heard. I'm going to read to you what this site says. Um, the term baby led weaning was coined around 2003 by health visitor Gil Rapley This relaxed and unstructured approach is based on your baby being offered solid foods and feeding him or herself with no help from you or another adult. The food would usually be soft pieces held in the hand rather than being offered on a spoon. Manageable chunks of different family foods are put onto your baby's plate or tray, and then your baby feeds themselves however they want. Um, here's, Here's the thing. This responsive feeding might also improve eating patterns because it relies on your baby's innate ability to respond to cues for hunger in a similar way to on-demand milk feeding. This may help with self-regulation of food intake and lead to healthier weight gain. So I legit think this is about fat kids. Like, I think this is like, there are too many fat kids. And so somebody was like, this is what we should create a whole new situation that is like what I totally think that this is about because I have read Mm -hmm. a lot about how it like keeps kids from having like diabetes and things like that Mm -hmm. um So I have a feeling that that's where this could sprout from. I'm going to read this. This says, why is baby led weaning sometimes criticized? According to some research, babies who follow the baby led weaning approach are more likely to be underweight and may have an increased risk of nutrient shortfalls, such as iron deficiency, because babies don't typically eat iron rich breakfast cereals or red meat until later in the weaning process. So yeah, because I have a feeling that if you're doing baby led weaning, only right Mm -hmm. and they're just eating like a pickles pier or something (laughs) because that's what you're giving them like because how much of what you're eating is really appropriate for a baby I don't know um well
1: that's okay because that's the first thing where I kind of want to say that doesn't make sense if this is really going to work out you need to have like a plethora of and I'm guessing like steamed or soft textured fruits and vegetables lined up and I'm thinking like different color different textures mm-hmm. different flavors and that would not mimic what you're actually eating at dinner and I don't even think that's a bad thing I, really a lot of what we do when we feed my daughter my youngest daughter is um <coughs> <excuse> me. <coughs> is we give her like a little smorgasbord of fruits and vegetables Mm -hmm. and she can chew now um and she really likes to eat like that Mm -hmm. um but that is not what I'm eating for dinner like I'm not eating three types of fruits and then some different raw kind of vegetables like I'm eating spaghetti or something and she likes a little bit of spaghetti but a couple bites of that and She's kind of over it. She But really I also to don't things.
0: think, like, I feel like this is being taken to such an extreme because I don't think that what you're doing. So first of all, I'm confused about how, how baby load weaning is really any different than just like regular weaning. I mean, eventually kids just eat solid foods. Yeah. but secondly i don't just think, earlier i think yeah, i don't think that how you are feeding your daughter is going to indicate that it, at some point you're at your she's going to be eating separate meals her entire life simply because right now she's not eating things, you know i'll tell you or
1: something let me jump in here real quick because we talk a lot about purple carrot on here mm-hmm. and i've made her a plate of purple carrot my purple carrot meal multiple times The the honest truth is that the flavor profile is too complex for her. Some of the meals I can deconstruct and I'll give her like one little set, you know, on her little plate, a little bit of this thing, a little bit of that thing, a little bit of this thing. And then on my plate, it's actually all mixed together and she can eat that, but she really likes simplicity. She likes to eat one thing in its own form, you know, form. Um, And when you start talking about like eggplant Parmesan or some of these like really complex meals that have all these different layers to it, she's really turned off by that. She likes the simple. So I'm not gonna give her something that I know is super complex when she would prefer something that's simple. Okay, so so I'm glad that you mentioned that.
0: Yeah. Because, all right, stepping outside of baby Lynn for a minute. um, Another thing that I've heard, read, is that it's important not to oversimplify babies' meals and to actually feed them all of the same outside of spice to feed them all of the same um intensities like all of the same like uh what what's, what are those things called spices spices but not heat you you get it yeah. um like all right um to feed them all of that stuff you know and that they should be eating all of that stuff so i what mean there's we... so many rules and so many different ways that you're yeah. all whatever happened and just like feeding them is i don't so know and god knows what they fed me
1: as a kid but i was going to say we still offer her things but i'm telling you that on hmm. a, a she just a, doesn't like them she just shies away from it she might try a bite of it What they call in preschool a no thank you bite. Like, I don't like that, but I'll (laughs) try one bite. So she'll try a bite of that, but then she'll scarf down her, you know, blueberries and her, I mean, she loves broccoli. So anyway, I mean, I'm not just keeping it simple. I'm just saying that's what she prefers. And I get that I think that that um, just connects in her brain easier. And I Mm -hmm. think she'll build up to those more complex flavors, but she's too. And what I'm most concerned about is, is she eating healthy? Is she eating a balanced diet every day? Is there a good, you know,
0: which seems honestly really di- So, uh, we mostly do purees right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will give him, you know, like a random one-off thing, you know, yeah. um, I'll give him a banana or or something like that. You know, something that's really easy if he really wants it. And I, you know, I gave him like a piece of flatbread to chew on. He can't eat flatbread, but he was like, you know, just gnawing on it and really enjoyed being part of the meal. Mm
1: -hmm. But
0: the purees now I know he's getting all of his vitamins and nutrients from formula and breast milk anyway. So this is about him learning how to eat. That's the point. And I think that's the point of the baby led weaning is that you're not necessarily like you're teaching them how to eat
1: as Mm -hmm. opposed
0: to like, um, doing something nutritional because once it gets into actually eating nutritious meals, that seems incredibly complicated for me because then I have to assume that I am making myself nutritious meals. And Mm -hmm. I don't know that every meal that I'm eating is like the most nutritious meal you know, like it's it's like, what happens with pizza night? What happens with pizza night for
1: baby? Like baby's just over there gnawing on like a breadstick. What's happening? Exactly.
0: Like I just, I, it's all very confusing to me. And this is the problem with like being an older parent is that I like really do overanalyze and overthink everything. When I was a kid, I feel fairly certain that someone just gave me some jar of something and you know what i'm fine like Mm -hmm. i turned out fine i have like no health issues that i know of like everything's fine um yeah but you know there are just so many things being thrown at me like oh you should do this you should do this you should do should, should 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 you know and it's like just because they're like there's more access to information and more people mm-hmm. can write blogs and, yeah. you know, articles and stuff it doesn't mean that we like actually know any better about anything. It, you know, there are so many things that we think that with time we're improving, mm-hmm. you know, when in reality they were fine to begin with and we're just confusing yeah. people by adding to that game. There are, there are things that we should just put a cap on. and be like you know what we're not going to touch this again it's okay to just be purees like your baby will still grow up
1: you know the reality is is i think you know just like people write self-help books they find Mm. one thing that works for themselves or they think they have some epiphany yeah you know that is is original or unique and so they decide they'll write a book about it and sell it And now it's the same thing with ad space on a blog or a social media site, you know, that's trying to sell you on some idea. You know, I just feel like I, I think I just turned all of that off. I, I researched a lot about being pregnant and delivering a baby, but I had some good people around me at the time that we were starting to introduce my daughter to food And so really, I just internally worked with my people, my family and my support system about how this was going to go. And we introduced cereal first and then some purees. And um, and then we started introducing the soft finger sized foods. um, And we really focused in on fresh fruits and vegetables. And we didn't give her meat, Um, but we noticed pretty quickly that she didn't like the texture of meat. Like uh, she would steal a piece of chicken off somebody's plate, put in her mouth and then spit it out. She still Mm -hmm. does that to this day. Um, And my biggest fear, and the only thing that I'm working for in this is to not have a child that is strung out on dino nuggets and French fries or McDonald's Happy Meals. Cause I've met these kids, these supposed picky eaters that really only eat like kid cuisine level food. And I'm thinking, I can't imagine that any kid cause I remember my mom buying kid cuisine and that stuff is gross, but I'd been exposed to real food. I can't imagine any kid that was given some exposure consistently to good food. And that does not mean opening a can of spinach like when I would go to my friend's houses and their parents literally served canned spinach, I'm like, no wonder you hate spinach. That's not spinach.
0: Spinach is is, green. It comes out of the ground. (laughs) I don't want to bash that because that's like what some people have access to.
1: I get it. But I'm just saying that some people don't know anything else and they go through their whole life thinking they hate spinach. But Mm -hmm. in reality, if they had just tried fresh Lightly steamed spinach with some salt and pepper on it mixed into a dish, they probably would realize it's actually really good.
0: Well, so I was thinking so, about that the other day. I like completely agree with you. And like I was thinking, because I asked my husband, I'm like, I genuinely don't know why kids hate vegetables. Like, what is this vegetable? Don't. What they is this issue vegetables. with like I, I just Both I, my kids love vegetables. I don't really understand like how vegetables get a bad rap. Now, granted. I don't like a lot of vegetables, just the vegetable. I add like a little seasoning to them or lemon juice or something like that. So I'm like, well, so why wouldn't I put that on my kid's food? Because he doesn't have to like green beans, but he can like greens, green beans with a little olive oil or some salt and pepper, you know, like I don't have an like what's wrong with that. I don't get it at all because, um, vegetables are you know kind of some of them pungent they're very strong flavor some of them Um, Mm -hmm. and I don't really see what's. I don't get that at all I never really I don't know I was a picky eater as a kid but I wasn't a picky eater in the way that I hear about some people being picky eaters like the food that I was served was the food that we were having and I could either eat that or not eat food you yeah. know, like there weren't options. Like pretty standard you can 80s. be a picky, picky You <laughs> know, Like I didn't yeah. get, you know, pizza if we were having spinach. It wasn't like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So. Um, just side note here. Every time you would come to my grandparents' house, I don't think you ever ate anything because I guess my grandmother's food was all like really weird to you. And I also don't think you like eating in front of people. I just don't of- like, we did a whole
0: podcast about that. It's so, just that but I don't
1: that kelly eats like a bird like they just talked about it endlessly like how picky of an eater you were because our my like in my family you were expected to eat what was served and you're expected to eat all of it and um that's actually like an eating disorder it is it's we've now realized that that's not good but my grandparents Mm -hmm. also grew all their own vegetables they brought them in fresh from the garden cooked them a lot of times that day you know and so I really feel like that exposure constantly throughout my childhood to really fresh, good vegetables, not just fresh vegetables from the store that have been trucked in from another place, like vegetables grown in the ground, you know, on the property I lived, which there's all this research about, you know, local being really important in Mm -hmm. your diet to local produce. (laughs) So I grew up loving vegetables and I was always so confused. And I liked the weird vegetables, like turnip greens and like, brussels sprouts and asparagus like I liked all of them there was I've never met a vegetable I don't like to this day I can't Mm. think of anything I don't eat in the vegetable. some I like better than others sure I like some prepared different ways better than others of course but there's not a vegetable I've ever met I don't like and I really wanted to make sure I pass that along to my kids and I also want to just take a pause here and say I get that there's kids out there that are truly just picky eaters and really, truly do just hate vegetables, despite everything a parent does. And I don't want to say that those parents are failures, but I do want to say that I think some parents fail to introduce their kids to a variety of fresh, healthy, and well-prepared vegetables
0: that maybe contributes to kids being less excited about them growing Mm -hmm. up. So I will also say on that note, I will piggyback on that and say... That I have heard parents go on and on and on about how picky of an eater their kids are to the extent where the kids might see a food that they're interested in, but then they're like, oh, but you know, I'm a picky eater, so I might not like that. And so it's like, if you tell your kid they're a picky eater over and over and over again, you know, they're probably going to be a picky eater. And like, so, I think that's something that would be nice to shy away from. Now, I'm not going to bash any parents in general because I am just starting on this journey. And one thing that I have learned is that like, things don't go the way that you intend for them yeah, to go. Just like 99% of the time, right? Yeah, so just I have no idea how this journey will go for me. And I don't want to like, you know, bash my future self. Mm-hmm. In or any way. Like you backed yourself into a corner mm-hmm. where you
1: can't do something because you've come out on such a strong stance about mm-hmm. it. And so I think when it comes to the way you feed your kid, one, I think it's your mother's intuition that is truly the most important. And I think it's about focusing on fresh fruits and vegetables, whole foods, most importantly, and a diversity of that, you know, and that that's really the, the, the most important thing. And to get all hung up, because I can tell you right now that baby led weaning is the kind of thing that what I would get so hung up on, I would try it for about four hours one day. I would get so overwhelmed. I would crash and burn and then like probably just go buy a case of baby food because I'd felt like a failure over it. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing as a parent you got to shy away from.
0: Well, and one thing I've learned too, is that it's also really important not to like pay too much attention to the rules because like I remember like the, the first rule is give your the first thing to do is give your baby cereal well yeah I gave my baby cereal and you know what it looked disgusting it tasted disgusting and he was not into it at all so I was like screw this cereal crap mm-hmm. we're gonna give him some like actual like fruits and vegetables so then he got pureed fruits and vegetables and he was all in all in yeah. you know so I mean that's you know and like the reason that they say give cereal is a lot of times because the flavors are very bland but also Mm -hmm. because like it has iron in it is fortified yeah but he gets formula and breast milk so he's not like he's fine with the iron and any baby who's still getting formula and breast milk which they should until they're a year old from what i understand who knows what will happen you know um (laughs) So that's not even like a real issue. That's some very archaic information, I think. And, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to judge anybody who's doing that. I say go go for the cereal if, you, if your baby's into a bummer. My baby liked my baby cereal.
1: Wasn't. Yeah. She actually, we still had like one canister of that rice cereal. We had like a whole bunch of different ones that we accumulated because she really did like it. And we had one that was left over even when she turned two. And she would go in the kitchen and she basically tells you what she wants to eat. She was picking that out every day till we use the the whole rest of the canister. I wasn't going to throw it away because I'm like, this is baby food. She's not a baby. She's a, She could eat like real oatmeal. Mm-hmm. And she just loved it. And I just made it plain. Like sometimes I would mix in like a little applesauce or something, but she didn't care either way. So I was like, okay, this is actually a lot better than like oatmeal that probably has added well there's a that.
0: difference in rice cereal and oat cereal like the stuff we gave my baby was oat cereal because i just like mm-hmm. refused to give them rice cereal because there's act like literally no nutritional value and it's just basically like giving them cardboard mm-hmm. not gonna do that it is fortified with iron but so is the oat stuff so i don't know why in the world i would give him rice stuff but that's just me you know like that's just my like my take on it um but here's another thing that i want to talk about now that we're in this this baby food stuff how important do you think it is to make your own baby food because this is such a thing too that moms are like so judgy about
1: yeah and they can all just take a step back because I made as much I I think it's important I think if you can do it I wanted to do it even more than I did it but um what I did is I bought the little pouch making system. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen those things, but you line the pouches up in it. It's got like a little funnel and you push the stuff down. And so I would, um, make like, uh, a little steamed veggie medley or whatever, like some broccoli and carrots and potatoes. And then I would put that in the bullet with a little bit of water and I would fill up, you know, some pouches and I would do banana purees with some different fruits so I do fruit ones and I would do vegetable ones and then I would freeze them and bring them out so you know but we also bought lots of pouches from the grocery store which is cringy because of all the waste well we do that that generation. it is
0: what it is though you know I mean like it but, is I mean, what it is nobody's got to get it, through it.
1: Mm-hmm. you gotta get through it so I tried to make as much as I could I also sometimes would buy like big jars of like the applesauce And then divvy it up into my own pouches because I felt Mm -hmm. like, well, that's, you know, a little more economical and, you know, saves a little bit on um, the amount of plastic I'm throwing away.
0: The thing about the but, pouches um, that really frustrates me, the, the ones that you buy, is that they're only good for 24 hours, so, like, mm-hmm. my baby is not eating a full pouch in 24 hours, so it gets, uh, like, so much talked, of it gets wasted.
1: We tucked a lot of those things in the trash. A lot of them ended up, you know, we would, as she got older and wanted more control over it, a lot of those things just ended up all over her, lots of big messes with them, but she's two and a half, and still to this day, occasionally, she'll be like, pouch, pouch, you know, so we'll still buy one. I quit making baby food. Cause now at this point I'm steaming her broccoli mm-hmm. or, and I'm just giving it to her, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I did what I, I had to do. I mm-hmm. made as much as I could, but there were weeks where it just couldn't happen. And, you know, a lot of times I'd make a mixture and she didn't like it. And so then all that pretty much was a waste and I have to try something different. Mm-hmm. So you know it can be frustrating on that but uh i say the you know just like with the breastfeeding any amount you can get in any amount of real baby food that you make that you could get into their diet is better than not doing it at all so don't beat yourself up if you can only do it 5% of the time or you know now and then it's still better than them eating something that's processed with preservatives in it you know and if all you can do is buy stuff then, hey, me and Kelly are still here. We're yeah. fine. I'm sure um, I ate lots of chicken and rice and pot
0: roast puree as a baby. <laughs> I ate a lot of like Vienna sausages, I'm pretty oh, sure. I feel God. like that I've was like, I feel like they were, I mean, they were like full on in the baby aisle. Like that's yeah. like what they, was baby yeah, baby
1: versions of them. I'm sure yeah. you've seen them, yeah. Well, not like, now, I actually Who's haven't giving seen this those?
0: T- like oh, yeah, there was now, th- but like 10 years ago, yes, for sure. Yeah.
1: Oh, I don't know. I feel like I've seen them, but like the actual baby food version in the little baby food jar. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, this is for babies. We just want to be clear. Vienna sausages are for babies. There's even a picture of a baby on this jar, just a hammer at home that, no, that is not. So I, just to be clear, never, ever fed my child any meat purees, any baby food that had meat in it. At all, Mm
0: -hmm. Um, which is interesting too, because like there is so much judgment about not feeding babies meat. Now, I will say, trust me, I know. (laughs) Now, I will say that none of our pediatricians have had a problem with it at all. In fact, they're like, More power to you, that's great, that's awesome. You know, just try to make sure that you give them, like, because I told our pediatrician that like I'm mostly vegan and my husband is, you know mostly vegetarian sometimes pescatarian you know and so we cuz we were having a talk about allergens and he's like well just try to make sure that you you know try eggs by 9 months mm-hmm. um which is you know fine whatever but yeah. like but so much chatter amongst the moms Mm-hmm. about like your baby will not survive like that is child abuse to not give your baby meat and I'm like you know what I think it's actually child abuse to give your baby meat and no judgment no judgment but like I will yeah, say that I can't go down the path but like my, when I see
1: people feeding their babies pieces of steak mm, it hurts me a little bit because well, why
0: the way I see it you know and this is just my household so again no judgment Um, maybe a little, maybe a little, but like in my household, I feel like I am not going to put that on my kid. You know what I mean? Like, I am not going, I remember like, so there are two things. Like one is, I remember like hearing the story about how Joaquin Phoenix and his whole family became vegan. And it's like, they, as children, like five, six years old, were like, um, Uh, fishing with their parents and in that moment they learned where the stuff that they were eating came from and that the food that they were eating was the animals that they saw when they went out and about and they had like complete meltdowns about it and yeah. like felt completely betrayed by their parents yeah. that their parents hadn't told them this. And like, at that point, their entire family became vegan. Yeah. And I like, that story. I remember being like a kid and talking to my grandmother about deer meat Mm -hmm. and I remember thinking now you know like my my grandfather hunted you know and they ate venison that's what it's called right venison that's Mm -hmm. what we always have to have these pretty little names for like and for for meat you know because it's like we don't ever want to like call it what it is Fine with chicken and fish but everything else gets a cute name yeah but so um but I was like oh my gosh. Like I am, I mean, I was a kid, I was little and I was like, oh, I am just so glad that I have never eaten deer meat. And my grandmother looked at me and she was like, of course you have (gasps) eaten it plenty of times. And I remember how incredibly upset I felt that like, no one had told me that because I just couldn't, I was not into the like killing Bambi thing, you know, yeah. um, now I will say that like my grandparents did eat all of the, you know, stuff that they, I, I can't get into that. I can't get into yeah. that whole situation now, but like, um, I am not going to choose to take a life for my kid. I'm not going to put that on him, on his conscience. You know what I mean? If he later in life is like, I want a burger, yeah, whatever, you know, that's, that's his, his decision, but I am not going to feed him that food without that being his choice, without him understanding the implications of what that means and making that decision for himself. That's his own decision to make as a human being, as it was my decision to make, you know, and, and like, I am very upset that like that decision was made before I knew what I was doing, you know. And so once I knew what was going on, I stopped eating meat. But anyway, so yeah. yeah, I just I my kid will not be eating meat either.
1: Well, we're in an interesting situation right now where we're starting we're so my daughter is two and a half. She knows what she wants. She mm-hmm. chooses the things she wants to listen to to the shows she wants to watch, the food she wants to eat. She's very much her own independent person. We enrolled her into preschool. She eats breakfast and lunch at preschool two days a week. And I was very clear when we enrolled her that she doesn't eat meat. I'm always met with the question, why does she not eat meat? Regardless of who I tell, even our pediatrician asked, why does she not eat meat? And I said, she doesn't like meat. She has tried it. She spits it out. If she tries it again months later, she spits it out. She just doesn't like it. I'm mostly vegan, so I support her in that. Well, we get a little sheet home from the preschool every day that says what she ate, how much she ate, what she played with, what her emotional state was, things like that. And in the beginning, everything was fine. And then came the day where they said chicken nuggets. I've already established that that's like my arch nemesis. I do not think that chicken nuggets is a thing we should feed our kids. However, I think this one's really confusing for her because we eat chicken nuggets at home and we call them chicken nuggets, but they're the Gardein chickenless, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. little nugget things. And so I don't think she correlates yeah. that to being neat. I think, The preschool has either switched food people and somebody's just not following our plan anymore. But then I'm torn because, as my husband is kind of pointing out, all the other kids are eating chicken nuggets. Are we really going to condemn this and force
0: her to eat something else? And that's actually amazing, yes. Like in 2022, though, it is actually amazing to me that she goes to a school where all the other kids are eating chicken nuggets. Because like a lot of my, like a lot of people don't eat meat, you know?
1: Yeah. Like,
0: well, a lot we live of in the country. We mm. live in
1: a very Republican. Uh, conservative this is farm country Mm -hmm. everybody raises cows gotcha this is really rural I think if we were in a city like Eugene or Portland then I think you would be getting more of a like oh well yeah Mm
0: -hmm.
1: totally cool um
0: I know your husband wants you to just teach your baby to be a conformist
1: he doesn't want her to feel isolated. Like she's getting mm-hmm. something different. We have a home meeting coming up where we're going to get to talk about this. What if she so feels special rather
0: than isolated?
1: <laughs> I want to offer them like, can I just buy the garden nuggets? They literally probably take the same preparation as this. Mm-hmm. And then she's literally is eating the same thing and she's there's not even an issue with it. Um, so that's going to be my, my offer. Cause like they were giving her milk and I didn't think a lot about it. Cause I'm like a little milk. I mean, I'm not going to get crazy about it, but they drink a lot of milk. And so I just started sending almond milk to school mm-hmm. with her. Isn't yeah, that great so though, like, that well, you send
0: your kid to school and like, that's what they're nourishing kids. with? Chicken nuggets.
1: Well, it really bothers me on, on a whole level that chicken nuggets is even an option. Mm -hmm. Um, I really think that that is something we do not need to start training kids these bite-sized little over-processed meat mush shaped into you know like Mm -hmm. they're shaped like into cookie cutter shapes yeah there's like no part
0: of a chicken that's a nugget like there's no chicken nugget
1: (laughs) so you know I mean and it's like you see adults like at McDonald's, ordering like 36 piece McNuggets with four different sauces. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, this is such a bad way that we have taken as a culture. Like the chicken nugget just should not be a thing. Like any meat, because I feel like this is part of where I was deceived. My whole life, like nobody told me that deli meat or that most of the meat that we were eating—I mean, I think we knew hot dogs—but I didn't know about all the other things. That really is just a mush, Mm -hmm. like a vat of mushed meat that's churned and then shaped
0: parts. And I don't even—I wouldn't even say meat
1: eating when you or animal byproducts. I don't even know, Mm -hmm. but it's like all the deli meat, all of the frozen, anything breaded and fried meat, all that stuff is really not an actual part of, I can stomach, no pun intended, eating a piece of meat that is clearly from an animal more than I can stomach that mystery mush, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
1: that has, I think, become so part of our culture. We don't even think about it. We don't even, I didn't even realize for so many years that when you go to Thanksgiving and they slice up the t- turkey into these little slices and they put that slice on your plate. But that is not the same thing you're eating when you go to school next week and you eat a turkey, a deli turkey sandwich where your mom got the package of turkey and put it on mm-hmm. a sandwich. And we all grew up eating so much deli meat. Like yeah. it was a staple in my diet. And um, it was super and I cheap, felt, I think. Yeah. And it's not even cheap anymore. Like now it's like so expensive to get like the quality stuff. And the quality stuff is quality still- quality mush. <laughs> it is still just mush. Oh my gosh. So that's where I felt really, really deceived. And I was definitely much older, like into my adulthood before, like I was in my thirties, I think before I realized what deli meat was. Cause I'm like, wait, why is it different? Why does this Turkey look different than the Turkey we cut here from the actual bird at Thanksgiving?
0: I think I would so also like, take I issue with the milk thing. thing. I'd also take yeah. issue with the fact that like kids are taught. Cause that's what we had. Like when I went to school, like, it's so yeah. funny now that everybody's like, you have to drink all the water. You have to drink all the water girl. I never drank water when I was, I don't, I didn't drink water until I was like 35. Yeah. Like all they offered were cartons of milk and which yeah. is hilarious because the last time I checked like, we are legit right now talking about baby led weaning, weaning off of milk, because the only yeah. thing that should be drinking milk are babies. So it's yes. just crazy to me. Talk about obesity in children. Give yeah. them all the fat hormones, milk.
1: The hormones <laughs> in the milk. Okay. So I think we should take a quick break. And then yeah. when we come back, let's jump into the topic of milk. Cause then I know we got a lot to say about <laughs> milk. Okay. So we'll be right back. All right. So we're back from the break and we're going to dive into such a controversial topic. It's not for me. I don't think it's controversial to me, but I do think, I just want to say that I think that there are some people who are really attached to their milk. Yes, They grew up drinking milk. We were programmed. Milk is good for your body. Milk makes... Strong bones, you know. Milk is a source of protein, so I I do just want to say that I get that this is controversial for some people, mm-hmm. and certainly these are just our opinions that mm-hmm. we are expressing, and this is our podcast, and that's where we get to express our opinions. That's all we get to so, do. Uh,
0: but it's our own podcast.
1: To, it's not meant to be an attack on anybody uh, directly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, I just want to say that growing up, we weren't really a milk family.
0: We weren't Um, either. Maybe that's why we're so like whatever about it now.
1: We were a skim milk. Like there was always skim milk in the fridge. But to me, that doesn't even resemble- It just tastes like water. Yeah, it tastes like water. It just happens to be sort of like opaque Mm -hmm. in color. And um, to me, I do not relate that to anything like the experience of drinking like even 2% or like whole vitamin D milk.
0: In our house, we used milk for baking. Mm-hmm. And then we put it in cereal, and that mm-hmm. was like yes, the was oh, cereal. that was it, the end. We weren't drinking glasses of milk like ever. I don't ever rem- now. Occasionally, I would have like chocolate milk because I like mm-hmm. the idea of being able to put yep. like the Hershey syrup we the Hershey or whatever syrup.
1: And yes, yeah. everybody would make chocolate milk sometimes at night as a snack. Like my grandfather would do it too. Mm-hmm. Cool. So yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, and that's you know, like so that was sometimes a thing, but that was a very rare thing even. Um, So yeah, I just, to me, it's very weird to me, when I Mm -hmm. meet grown up adults who drink like glasses of milk, Mm -hmm. because I just I can't relate in any way because even though like I drink plant milk now, like obviously, and I always have plant milk but in the fridge, glasses of it. but I don't drink it. I still <laughs> just, I had the only reason I have it is to bake <laughs> like mm-hmm. cook or yeah. to put in cereal. Like there's never a situation where I'm like, mm, I would really like a glass of any kind of milk right now. Like I just, yeah. I don't understand it. And even when I used to drink, like, you know, those packets of hot chocolate, which was a big thing for me, maybe as a teenager or a kid, I don't know. I just put water in them. I didn't put milk in them. (laughs) So it's super, it's just way outside of my comfort zone and I just don't understand it at all. So I'm just throwing that out there to begin.
1: Yeah. 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 And I thought just some background to just say we both are not milk Mm -hmm. family people would probably provide some good context because I have met friends who grew up in families where milk was a staple. They would go through gallons of milk a day, like big families and really like they couldn't understand living life without milk. And I get that it's just because that was part of your culture. We were raised where it wasn't part of mm-hmm. our culture and our families. And some people are raised where it is. And when you go to India, everything is milk. Like all the drinks have milk in them. All the desserts are soaked in milk. Like Everything there is like really into dairy. Um, so that's a whole entire country whose culture is really wrapped up in milk. Um, and that's, you know, that's their, their thing. And, and, you know, just doesn't meld with me much at all it's probably like the only thing about india that i'm like i don't dive with that like major thing or they're like <laughs>
0: new love of russia i'm like
1: whatever. can you can i get it i just want something to drink or a dessert that's not milk-based can I, can we just do that um not a thing then. so anyway so i didn't think much about milk and the reason why i've come to this determination is because when we're exposed to milk as children um, and really all the time I still see it all the time we see pictures of cows those cows are happy they are smiling when we're kids I don't know if your school did it we took a trip to the dairy farm we did and learned about I like really young I feel like it's like an elementary school trip and we took a trip to the farm and we were learning about dairy cows and everything about it seemed like cows were just this was their purpose in life like that's how the world worked cows mm-hmm. produced all this extra milk way more than they could feed their babies and so really instead of wasting that milk we were helping them by giving them a place to put that milk and i just thought oh well that's nice for them not my thing not really into milk but that's so great i'm glad those cows are so happy and that they've found
0: their place in the cycle of life or whatever you know what's really interesting this is like a total side note and also just my opinion which I can have on my own podcast but I'm constantly recently like mind-boggled when I'm listening to things about this you know Russian invasion of Ukraine about Mm. like how the Russian people are just like Um. yeah kill those Nazi scum or whatever and I'm just like I don't understand an entire nation of people that are so insanely brainwashed and have just no interest in like questioning anything but then we talk about things like milk and what we're you know and it's like Mm -hmm. we're all brainwashed in some ways yeah you know it's not you know mass slaughter of human people but you know either way like it's so easy to be brainwashed by yeah. a system that is out to brainwash you.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's driven. It's a, it's a financial system. The mm-hmm. milk industry is, is a big, you know, multi-billion-dollar industry. And, and so all those commercials, you know, there's so many commercials and we're kids about milk. It does a body good, and all that stuff. I didn't even put together as a child that those were ads sponsored by milk producers to make us drink more milk. I honestly thought that those were like PSAs, like the government was trying to make sure that we knew the foods that were going to do our body good, you Mm -hmm. know, and that milk was an important part of that. Then there was as if the
0: government makes money off of healthy people and wants us to be healthy. (laughs) That's funny. So
1: (laughs) I don't know when exactly I really woke up to the dairy industry i'm sure i watched a documentary and read some books because i was really you know into vegetarianism but much more on the side about animal slaughter mm-hmm. i don't think that the dairy stuff sunk in till much later yeah. but when when the curtain was pulled back and i saw it it immediately just made so much sense that of course that's the way things are. Of course, this is a brutal, horrifying industry. And wait a minute, we're the only adult animals on earth that drink milk. Whoa, that, that floored me. And I was like, this has got to stop right now. And our home switched immediately over to um, non-dairy milk and has been ever since.
0: Mm -hmm. so so like in keeping with the theme of this particular episode one of the major things that i've heard you know is like well you have to give your baby milk how will they survive without milk and meat and whatever well we've tackled the meat situation so here's like the milk like it was so insanely frustrating to me when I had to start giving my baby formula, and yes. there really were no options no. Um, outside of dairy. Because yes, there's soy, but I don't necessarily want to be giving my baby like tons okay. of soy. Now, here's there's the thing: kinds of reasons. I do, do that either. <laughs> I do actually think that a lot of the arguments against soy aren't necessarily true. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's a lot of like fake stuff. Like, I don't think there's an act like a lot of actual documentation about the soy thing. But because I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be feeding him that much soy. You know, like obviously yeah. he's going to have soy because we as eat tofu, primary, I'm going to give him tofu. I'm gonna yeah, him, as his primary yeah. diet. No, uh, I exactly. mean, I, I agree
1: with you on that. So we but eat it's, tofu, but yeah, it's different. But it's, it's so, so
0: troubling milk. because then it's like, well, you know, I don't want to give him milk either because I think milk is just as bad. Yeah. So it's like this huge thing. But anyway, past for formula, like if we move yeah. past that because your baby has to survive. So like formula, it is whatever, moving past mm-hmm. it um, once they turn a year old and can start drinking other things, like, um, I just cannot find, like, I would never give my baby cow milk, like ever. Yeah. That said, I really can't imagine giving them plant milk just to drink, but there are only so many things to drink. Like, I have that problem as an adult, you know, like where I genuinely am constantly like, what am, I don't know what to drink if I'm not drinking, like I'm supposed to drink water, but I only like water in the summertime when it's hot. So like what mm-hmm. you know, so I'm constantly like looking for a new thing to drink. And you don't want to give your baby juice because that is just like sugar. And yeah, that's what I was gonna say so, is like happy juice and you're not supposed to give them tons of water. So it's just like, well, what the heck are they supposed to drink? So it's like, we've sort of created this system, Mm -hmm. you know? And that is where I do also go back to the whole, well, I wasn't drinking tons of water as a kid and I turned out fine situation because I think that water also is one of those fake things that they tell you we need tons and tons of and we don't actually need tons and tons of it. I think that became really cool when bottled water became a thing. Mm, That's when they started telling us that we needed tons and tons of water. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because I do actually think that if you look at like the animal world and we are animals, um, Mm -hmm. people like animals usually get most of their water from the stuff that they eat, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And then they only drink Like when it's necessary. In fact, one of the issues with cats, the reason that cats a lot of times have kidney disease is because cats don't have a natural inclination to drink. They usually get like the liquids that they need from like the food that they eat and so if you're just feeding them like dry cat food they're not getting that liquid that they need and they only will drink when they're like really 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 desperately thirsty mm-hmm. so that well, somebody so needs like, to
1: give my cat that memo because that cat is
0: crazy about drinking water <laughs> well usually when cats are drinking tons of water it's because they do have a kidney like an issue oh, sure. um well, she was so that's actually that's fine. that is actually something that you know you have to like look out for and be aware of, but yeah. So it's just like the idea of like babies, just like constantly. And when I say babies, I mean like toddlers constantly Mm -hmm. walking around with like liquids. I don't actually even know if that's like how people are supposed to be, you know? (laughs) So it's one of those things where I'm just like, all right. So once my baby gets out of the formula breast milk stage, Mm -hmm. I've really hit a dilemma. You know, because I don't know what the next step is. Well, I'll tell you
1: what we did and you can just take it or leave it. Um, we, so as we shifted away from formula and bottles, um, And into sippy cups, we Mm -hmm. started doing um, mostly water Mm -hmm. uh, was what she was offered. My daughter loves water. She knows how to work the little water machine and she goes and fills up her own water. She also likes ice and she'll chew ice all day long, which is like an issue for me. That's what I did as a kid. Yeah. Um, but our little, our fridge does like the crushed ice option. So I just keep it set to crushed ice. And so she really gets like these little tiny flakes of ice. And then she'll run over to the water machine because now we're into like she has like just little cups with no lid, um, which is what she likes the best. But we did continue to offer like a small glass at meals with maybe about an ounce of almond milk or some other non-dairy milk in it.
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: she would usually drink that down at the end of the meal which i don't think is
0: bad because it does have protein in it it is fortified with like iron and like all sorts of other stuff it's great you know i don't i'm not like against it i just don't understand drinking like cups and cups and cups of it you know like i don't understand people drinking glasses of milk just like a little bit
1: yeah, just a little tiny bit. I mean, like I filled up this sippy cup and that's like three ounces of almond milk. She probably sipped a quarter of an ounce and I'll put it in the fridge and we'll try a little more later. Mm-hmm. Um, They'll probably take her all day to get through that. And I'll end up, I'm sure, throwing out half of it um, most likely. So, um, but mostly throughout the day, we drink water. And every once in a while, I may give her some very watered down juice, like you know, one to four ratio juice as like a treat, but it's certainly not a regular thing. Mm-hmm. And, and definitely it was only a thing we even tried once she was like closer to two or over the two mark. Yeah. And that's and when they say I'm it's like fine her. to give
0: juice. Yeah. But yeah. I mean obviously you don't give like, too much.
1: She really likes herbal tea. Mm, so
0: interesting. Um,
1: yeah. So we'll make tea especially when she was sick because we got sick a lot this winter um I would make her like a little cup of tea and like half of it filled up with just cold water um so it was kind of weak and I put a little bit of honey in it for her and she would just love it because she'll be she'll say tea and she'll ask for tea she likes tea and that's really it you know those are and and she's fine with those so I don't know what more we would need to do and that sounds fine to me that sounds like a perfect
0: balance of everything yeah
1: yeah so um so yeah I mean I know water is not like you know, all day, every day. But yeah, I mean, I, we just kept offering her water for a long time. She didn't know there was anything besides water to drink, you know, and her little cup of milk at dinner. So, um, what was she going to do? Like start making demands of things she didn't yeah. know. Cause, Cause I funny.
0: guess, I guess I'm forgetting that like kids when we were growing up also had soda. Well, that's the one soda thing. Soda and juice boxes.
1: A big deal. Like I don't want her on soda like I know um, we had a family member um who had their son was like almost three years old and he was used to drinking soda in the mornings because that's what the parents drank, and he would ask for it and they would just give it to him and I'm like he's not even three like that's so young to be hooked on coke every morning, first thing, like soda and carbonation. Yeah. And all that corn syrup and like what a terrible way to get a kid's day. Like, I think it fries their brains. Mm -hmm. I was told, I forget who said this to me years ago, but somebody said like, when you get up in the morning, you should just drink a glass of water to get your day started, which is what I do now instead of coffee. And it wakes your brain up, like it kind of turns everything on and gets everything going and gets you out of that fog. And so, if that's what somebody's telling me as an adult to do, then certainly that would be the better way for my child to start the day is with water as opposed to soda. So, yeah, I mean, and juice, like all that juice stuff is just packaging and marketing. I mean, none mm-hmm. of that stuff is good for you. Um, if I do get juice, I, I make sure, sh- you know, I'm like buying something that's like not from concentrate and I'm trying to get something that's like actually a product of a fruit um, and not yeah. just some overprocessed thing.
0: I thought, I think it's so interesting that adults will do juice fasts and juice cleanses because the part of the fruits and vegetables that are nutritious are usually in the actual fruit and vegetable, like the meat of it, not the juice. The juice usually is just like pure sugar. So it's just fascinating to me that even grown up people will just like drink that kind of juice and think that it's healthy. And it's funny, like I've done juiced, juice cleanses and I usually feel like I'm going to die like after drinking one of those juices because you can just like, there's such an imbalance And like, like if anything, do a smoothie, you know, (laughs) like if anything, grind it all up. But I've, I've
1: so many times like wanted to go buy a juicing machine and start juicing my own vegetables. But then like you hear about all the waste that comes from it Mm -hmm. and that is like really good parts of the, the fruit. So, you know, you got like all that pulpy stuff that you're just, well,
0: ideally, so there are like all these recipes. That you can make things with the pulp, but like who really is doing or that? you can just buy
1: a neutra bullet and then use all the pulp and make or a smoothie. you can just
0: like eat an orange, you know. Well,
1: I'm not <laughs> okay. gonna eat an orange. The stringy skinny thing on an orange makes me like freak out. Stringy, like mean skinny thing? The skin,
0: this like the white stuff. The piss- is- Oh, okay i, I, I you just cut all the pith off because i can't do that's way too much work
1: so I just eat an apple. it
0: takes me about 15 to 20 minutes to create an orange situation to where i want to eat the orange because i you that's know slice it ever so per- i mean it's yeah. the ritual of it is actually very cathartic um okay. but because it takes so much effort i so very rarely eat oranges hmm
1: yeah, that's what I would have to yeah, do. Yeah, the pith grosses that. me out, too. It's but disgusting. But I could just bite an apple. I could just peel a banana and eat that. I don't that. like apples, though. I
0: don't like apples? No, oh, my gosh. My disgusting. baby loves an
1: apple. So she's been eating apples, like whole apples. Um, she doesn't eat the and whole thing. And she eats thing. the skin, too? She eats pretty much just the skin. She just kind of goes around and chews the skin off of it. And she asks for an apple every day and eats, you know, probably about half um, of
0: it. Since we're talking about, like food and issues and like all this stuff here is one thing that I want to make a gripe about okay adults who don't eat oh gosh you might be one of these adults I could be you could be bashing me right now Ad- Let's hear well it. It. it's just a, a I don't understand it and I think it comes from coddling a child so okay. adults who like will not eat the crust on a pizza or the crust oh, okay, that's on not me. a sandwich?
1: So personally, the only thing I want on the pizza, like I'm just trying to get
0: to the crust. No, me and then too. I'm done. And I'm like done. that is like, the best part. It's part of the whole, like, okay. So I am currently married to someone who like, is like, that is the, like, that's the wasteful part. And I'm like, it's actually like, leg- it's, it's like, it's, I mean, I what (laughs) that's like chopping off your fingers and going well they're not necessary part of the hand (laughs) it's part of you know a pizza would not be the the what it's not cardboard it's not the plate you know it's actually part of the pizza in the same way that crust is part of the the bread is is holding all that other stuff into the middle so So it doesn't just go running off the end I don't understand this. And I like, I remember being a kid and knowing so many kids who needed the crust cut off of their sandwiches Mm -hmm. and like, okay, so to, to start my family didn't
1: do that. I don't even
0: understand it. I don't understand. I never understood it. Like what's so bad about a crust? And I wonder if this is one of those things that parents do because maybe their Mm -hmm. parents did for them, because this sounds like something that people in the fifties started. It really does. But like I totally just don't get it. Like, I think parents just cut off the crust and then kids are like, I can't eat the crust, you know? Yeah. Because otherwise, why would you ever think of that on your own as a child that you couldn't eat like part of the bread? You know, it's not a wrapper. Like it's not cardboard. I'm just so confused. Don't I know the crust is where all the vitamins are? it's
1: also like good, but even if it's not good, it barely has just, a different texture can, than the rest of the bread. Or you can just like, choose to not eat it, like, and just discard it if it's that big of an issue to you. But, but to make it part of the do? preparation, well, like, I mean, whatever I, you want to do when you eat, fine. I cannot but. even
0: talk about looking at a plate of pizza crust and how infuriating that is to me. <laughs>
1: Well, I let me. I, I want to jump in here on the pizza crust. Thing. So, I also am married to a person who does not eat pizza crust unless it's cheese stuffed crust, and to me, I can't do the cheese stuffed crust Same. like at all. Is it a man? Um, thing? Is it a man? Like, is this what I men don't know? Are like? The only reason that I'm not as upset about it is because over the years, the dogs in my life have sort of learned. Because I don't give a whole crust to a dog, but I will save a piece of my crust and give it to one of my dogs. Mm -hmm. So they've all learned that if they wait patiently and they sit nicely, that they will probably earn a piece of crust from my pizza. And so the fact that my husband's got a whole plate of crust over there is like jackpot for the dogs. But if we didn't have dogs and we were just throwing away a fourth of our pizza because somebody couldn't eat the
0: crust that would be annoying because I also feel like well if you've got an entire plate full of crust to the extent that you could create a whole new pizza right there like do you really feel like you deserve another slice yes
1: like, do you really feel Thank like you. you should
0: get another piece of pizza like I think that pizza belongs to people who eat it like the whole thing like I do not think that you deserve it if like
1: part because, of it because they're eating
0: so many more
1: slices mm-hmm. because they're only getting like yep. three fourths of the pizza and yep. they're not getting the part that fills you up which is the basically the free breadstick at the end of the
0: pizza yeah, the free breadstick, stick and then you get to dip it. it is so good and sometimes the crust is so good you don't even have to dip in anything you're like whoa that's amazing crust oh my gosh that's the best crust I've ever oh my gosh I cannot even with the oh I can't It's just so confusing to me, but I do believe that that begins in childhood.
1: Hey, I'm sorry, Chris just walked in. So
0: yeah, we can wrap this up. Yeah, I think we're at the Um, end. (laughs) We're at the crust.
1: I just—he was just coming in to do something real quick, so I just wanted to let that happen. Um, Okay, back to pizza. So yeah, I feel you, girl. I'm with you on the pizza thing. And like, so I I am, am different than you. Like, I know you can sit down, and eat a whole pizza. And I actually prefer the Domino's thin crust that's cut into square slices. Like that's my jam. But mm-hmm. if I'm eating a regular pizza with a crust and triangular shaped slices, I generally only eat one or two slices. Cause honestly, that's as much of any one tasting thing that I, I could eat something else. I could go eat a salad mm. or go eat, um, a totally different item, but it's all that I want of that taste. Um, even though they have multiple pizzas, like still it's just as much as I can do. So one to two pieces is all I'm getting. And a substantial portion of that meal is the crust. And so there's no mm-hmm. way I'm cheating myself out of that because otherwise it just feels gluttonous. Like who are those people that peel the cheese
0: and top off their pizza and only eat that like they don't eat the crust at all oh I thought you were gonna say peel the cheese and toppings off and only eat the crust oh
1: well yeah those no, people that's are fine in my books. but oh my you gosh. can't just
0: not eat the crust at all that's Why just feel be like food. look you either like pizza or you don't. If you don't like pizza, <laughs> if you just don't cheese eat pizza and meat. Just eat
1: cheese and meat. Like why are you getting involved in our pizza situation exactly with your topping only exclusionary eating patterns? Because
0: it really is it's always the people who want to f- like split the meal with you right like it's like look I can get my own pizza and then I can you know save some for later and you can get whatever you want and they are like no 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 let's split it but then you don't have any for later because they just ate a third you know like they just (laughs) ate ate in quotation marks because they only ate some of it but then there's (laughs) none left for you because They ate some of it and tossed the rest. It's just, it's very frustrating.
1: And, I think it's very and selfish. I want to be clear. Okay. So, so I just want to be clear to all the non-crust people out there that like, we don't want to eat your crust. Like that's not appetizing. Cause I feel like, they, <laughs> like if you say something to, like you're not going to eat that, they're like, oh, did you want it? No, I don't want your gummed down, slobbered on, yes, hunks of bread. Like, that's there's it's no, it's only Mm -mm. good if it came from the piece of pizza that I am currently eating and then finishing. Like, no, something has gone terribly wrong in my life if I'm going to eat the crust of your pizza. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm that hungry, I'm that malnourished. I never want to eat any part of anybody else's food,
0: just FYI. Do not
1: offer people your crust. If there's dogs, offer it to the dogs. Do not offer us crust eaters Mm -hmm. your crust. It's just insulting.
0: Yeah, and I mean, that for uh, me, that goes for like all food. I don't like sharing food. I like to eat my food. I like for you to eat your food. I want to enjoy my food in the way that I want to enjoy my food. And I want for you to enjoy it the way that you like to enjoy it. I don't like to have a conversation about it. We don't need to talk about who gets what. You know, do you want the big piece or do you want the little piece? You know what? They should all be my pieces. You know, they're all my pieces or they're all your pieces. We shouldn't be like, you know, waging battles, right? It's not my fault. They didn't cut them the right size, but like, I don't like sharing food. Period. Got it. All right. Don't, don't share food with Kelly. Yeah, man. I, like, it's I such gone... a dilemma when, I mean, I can do it. Like, if we're at a pizza place and you're sharing like a big pizza or something like that, oh, then yeah, that makes yeah. sense to me because a lot like of times there's of not all like... the
1: pizzas we've shared over the years. And I'm like, Kelly was secretly inside
0: fuming. But I will say about that too is that even when you share a big pizza at a pizza place, then you have to compromise on the type of pizza that you want, you know, because there's always like five different pizzas on a menu that look really good to someone and five different pizzas that look good to another person. You have to like make that decision based on whatever. I'd rather get two different pizzas and then you can get, you know, you each get a little bit of both of them. That's my like, to take on
1: yeah, pizza. I prefer more variety. If we're talking about a lot of pizza in a big party situation, for sure. Yeah. So.
0: Anyway, so I guess okay, like we're, well, we're nearing think, an end here.
1: I think that that's a perfect place to wrap up because we've gone down quite the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gone from milk to pizza now.
0: So um, well, we've although, gone throughout an entire life of eating, so that's important, yeah. you know, baby, Jesus baby to connected. pizza.
1: So um, anyway. All right. Well, Kelly, I hope you have a really amazing week. I hope you do too, Heather. All right. And until next time, keep it real.